following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 149, pilot partner Ken Bayard, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felton, and Carl Valeri. This episode is sponsored by Jeff Kennan, author of The Day I Learned to Fly. If you want to ignite in your small child or rekindle the first time you fell in love with flying, purchase your copy today of The Day I Learned to Fly by Jeff Kennan, speaker, author, and pilot. Links to his book can be found in the show notes or visit stuckmikeavcast.com slash Kennan. Well, welcome, folks. This is Carl Valeri, your host this evening, and uh, we are joined with a group of people that, uh, when we recorded this, it's prior to Sun and, excuse me, to Oshkosh Air Venture, and uh, most of the people that are on here will have been there at Air Venture, and uh, we'll have some interviews, by the way, from Air Venture. It's really exciting, but uh, I'm joined this evening by Tom Frick and Victoria Neuvel and Larry Overstreet. Uh, Welcome, co-host, to the show this evening. Good evening. Good evening, Carl. And uh, Good evening from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. He's in Oshkosh. Right now as we speak, he's uh, setting up the camp. Seems like you uh, you love Oshkosh as much as I love Sun and Fun. You like to hang out there even weeks before it starts. So what's going on right now? You, you know, I love them both. I love Sun and Fun. I love Oshkosh. They're very different shows, but I get to see my friends. Yes. And so there are people that I see once a year. Or maybe twice a year if I'm lucky and they come to both. Like, you know, maybe that Ken guy that's on the phone. Ken. Um, but <laughs> but uh, right now, it's I, I always tell people it's like Brigadoon, where there's nothing, and then all of a sudden everything just, like, appears. And then we have, you know, one of the premier air shows on the planet for a week, and then it disappears, and everybody goes home, and they work on their home builds, or they, you know go fly or they fly some young eagles or they get another rating or whatever it's so inspiring uh to be here at oshkosh just like it is at sun and fun now entering cruise flight well, talking about inspirational, somebody who's, uh, like you said, a good friend uh, of the podcast, a good friend of the air show circuit, and uh, of many of us here on the podcast is Ken from Pilot Partner. Ken, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've been, I think, weaving back and forth between air shows and podcasts, trying to get together to do an interview. And I'm so excited to finally do this because you are somebody who truly is passionate about aviation and about learning to fly, living to fly and loving to fly. And uh, you do represent that, which is really cool. But before we start talking about Pilot Partner, uh, a couple of things I want to I get from you is, is your beginnings in aviation because you, you really have gone... I mean, I thought you, at looking at your your Facebook page, et cetera, I thought you were a professional pilot looking at these 737 videos out there. But but you're a general aviation pilot, aren't you? I'm a general aviation pilot for over 20 years now. Got my love for aviation from a very young age when my dad started taking lessons. He never even soloed, but I sat in the back seat during a couple of his lessons when I was eight years old. And what my dad was addicted to is Microsoft Flight Simulator. So starting back in the 80s with Flight Sim 1, we always had a computer set up with Flight Simulator, and I would spend hours and hours on it. Then uh, one of my dad's friends brought his airplane down to give me a ride in. Uh, it was a coworker, someone he was working with business-wise. Oh, I'm going to show up with my airplane and go fly. So I did my first flight out of Melbourne, Florida in this nice little red airplane and flew around, uh, got some stick time, was really excited, landed, showed up to, my, uh, to the flight school on the ground and said, I, I have to sign up for flight lessons. 
And that's when my flight instructor educated me on the fact that I just got my first general aviation ride in a Beechcraft stagger wing. No, that is Whoa. so cool. <laughs> I had no clue how special that was at the time I got my first GA ride. And if I ever had one flight to redo again, it would be that one. That is too awesome. And it's funny, your perspective is much different now that you understand the history behind that. And, and you obviously enjoyed the beauty of it when it happened. And one of the cool things is that that flight, I'm assuming that's the picture on your Facebook page. Uh, most likely. If there's a red stagger wing uh, and I'm looking a lot younger than I am now, that's the one. Yeah, no beard, looking younger, thumbs up, and, and very excited. And that is so cool that you were able to do that. Now, one of the things that uh, we you know we were talking about before is you're just your passion for aviation. You do all things technical and aviation-wise. It, it's interesting. I had thought that you would be somebody who, who went into this as a career, but one of the things I really admire about you is the fact that you're constantly training and learning. Uh, we, you went from that stagger wing, which is, is an amazing uh, first flight, all the way to something a little more recent. I noticed you actually got to land a 737. Is that right? I did land a 737, um, kind of the, the plastic box version of it. Uh, have, the, I, have the fish? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I signed up for the ATOPS course, which is uh, ran by Wayne Phillips, and it's a phenomenal course for – I think we paid about $500, and we got to do a full day of ground school in the 737 up at uh, American Airlines uh, training facility. Uh, he also offers the class in Orlando on the A320 with uh, uh, JetBlue, but we did the American Airlines 737. Uh, full day of ground school where we really touched on just about everything on that airplane. Uh, we legitimately talked about every single switch that's on that cockpit, but we did not touch the flight management system. That's two weeks in itself. He's, he, he told us. Yeah. Just programming and the box. huh? <laughs> exactly. So he, he had the box pre-programmed for us and we basically did pattern work around Dallas in the simulator. Uh, we get about a half hour of left seat time and a half hour of right seat time and the level D sim, uh, where we would take off, do a downwind. Uh, for me, we, uh, did a steep turn and then a, um, approach stall on the downwind set up for landing and uh we got a little extra bonus time because we had a couple people uh cancel in the class so we got to fly in their dime so i got to do three approaches total uh handled one engine fire on takeoff before v1 which did not fully brief us on you know you mentioned the day before something about you know before v1 you cut the power but no uh really caught me by surprise but still Remembered to pull that power back and um, you know bring it to a stop and something we can do in a sim that you don't do in real life had enough runway so we just throttled up and took off after there after uh, the mechanic ran out and fixed the engine real quick. <laughs> well, that's cool. That and uh, you know it's interesting about that experience. Uh, that's kind of a fun experience for gosh anybody to do and just even if you're not thinking about going to the airlines it's just really really need to see somebody else's world and get really down into their world and and understand the intricacies of of the training that goes on in in the airlines and it's not that expensive really if you think about it for i think it was like 500 bucks you said that's not too bad yeah no. it was well worth it and uh i think i'm going back again in january just because i can but <laughs> i made wayne promise me that he finds me a uh 737 that wasn't maintained as well because I want more more things to break on me. <laughs> Watch out what you wish for, of course. I, but it's going to be more fun. How often do you get to do that? Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so you went from uh, here. We went from beach staggering to 737. So bridge the gap for us. We, you actually uh, went out and did your private in the beach staggering. I'm assuming not. Oh, of course, doesn't everybody? <laughs> um, now we, um, my my flying career got quite a bit more boring after the um, stagger wing. I trained primarily in a 172, but one thing I got addicted to really early was complex aircraft. Um, I don't know why I like that extra handle. It just seemed cool and something I wanted to learn. So even before I soloed, we, uh, my instructor had a ferry arrow from one airport to another in Florida from, I think uh, Melbourne to Merritt Island. So I, um, you know, he let me sit left seat and I just got addicted to it. So as soon as I got my private, um, I just tried to get as much aero time as possible to build my complex time. 
uh, not for any particular purpose, just because I thought it was cool. Um, that worked out f- well. Uh, after I moved to Texas from Florida, kind of went on a break from flying and uh, developed this bad habit of falling out of airplanes and spent eight years as a skydiving instructor. Um, but <laughs> once I got back into flying, the um, I had a friend who owned a beach sundowner who loaned me the keys to it and said, I'm not flying it enough. You're doing me a favor if I fly it. So I was like, hmm. Now's a good time to get my instrument rating. So about two years, I put 80 hours on that sundowner at the, for the cost of fuel. Wow, that's a great deal. That was fantastic. Then I joined a flying club here in uh, the Texas area called Shendell Flying Club, which was a fantastic flying club. Three airplanes, a, uh, a Warrior, Archer, and a Cardinal RG. So I got my uh, complex uh, itch scratched there. And I love the Cardinal RG. I used to have one a long time ago. Awesome IFR airplane. I absolutely love the airplane until you don't. (laughs) Um, Our Cardinal uh, is a fantastic airplane. It hits, it hit the sweet spot in so many different categories. The weak link is the complexity of the landing gear system on the Cardinal. The only thing I don't understand about the Cardinal and how the landing gear works is how it ever worked once. <laughs> you know, I never had that problem. I did lose an alternator mounting bracket in IMC once, but that was a whole different story. That's a whole different story. Um, I did get to uh, join the uh, frequent emergency club at Austin Bergstrom with that Cardinal. Uh, first name basis with the crash crew because I declared a handful of emergencies because the landing gear or a magneto exploded on me and a few other little issues like that. Um, but I, I flew that for several years and was even the president of the club for, I think, three and a half years until I had the opportunity to join a partnership in a beautiful uh, 1980 Bonanza A36 turbocharged, one of the 227 built uh, factory turbos that uh, that Beach built. Is that coming to Oshkosh? It is coming to Oshkosh. Uh, just found out today that she will be able to fly to Oshkosh. We had a little scare earlier this week when my partner was flying her and thought that uh, instead of going to Oshkosh, she'll need a propeller overhaul. But the mechanic just left the uh, hangar saying that uh, one O-ring uh, on, I believe, the prop governor or something else, um, and she'll be airworthy for Oshkosh. Oshkosh is way better than prop overhaul. Yes, uh, but I, I had two backup airplanes. A friend of mine lets me fly his uh, V-Tail S-35 Bonanza. So I had that on lineup to um, go to Oshkosh, except for I would have to figure out what I wasn't taking with me because of the weight and balance. Uh, if that didn't work, uh, my partner also lets me fly a Cessna 414. Um but I don't know how I would have afforded to bring that Dosh Kosh back. <laughs> It'd be, get there a little quicker, wouldn't it, the 414? Ironically, not that much quicker. Yeah. Um, the way we fly the 414, we definitely put it in an economy mode, and it's maybe 10 to 12 knots faster than the Bonanza. Interesting. And burning about, um, I don't know, a little over twice the gas per hour. Right. And uh, the useful load, is it much different? Uh, yes, the useful load is significantly different in the 414, and it's got a bathroom on board. And that's the other part, too. So now you're moving up to that cabin-class twin, which is really yes. neat. So that's awesome, man. The, the, you know, it's interesting that you've you've done all these things. You seem like a real technical kind of a guy because you like to, to get challenged with uh, technology and airplanes. Do you have a, a background in technology? Yeah, I've been – my dad was – an early day software engineer going back to the U S Navy in the sixties back on the big giant computers. So I actually grew up with a mainframe computer in my house because of my dad's business and he worked from home. So I, I started writing software from an early age. I think I was three years old when I wrote my first line of code with a punch Uh, card, I imagine. Whoa. (laughs) uh, It wasn't quite a punch card. Um, my dad got to deal with that, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, I think GW Basic is uh, mm-hmm. the first line of code that I wrote in. 
And uh, been doing that for kind of most of my life. Started working for my dad's company when I was kind of junior high, high school age, and uh, started writing software for some of his clients uh, professionally. Then I spent uh, most of my high school career trying to figure out anything I can do with my life other than computers. <laughs> and so I kind of landed on uh, producing and directing live television for a while um, until I got older and realized that I needed money and uh, decided to go back to computers. So I've been doing that for um, about the same time I've been flying for about the last 20 years. So it's interesting how you've had this, you know, technology background, this love of aviation, and you've actually been able to meld the two. And uh, in doing that, you started a business, and uh, that's uh, this electronic logbook, which is quite an endeavor. It's called Pilot Partner. Tell us a little bit about why you did this. I know there's other logbooks out there, and and why you decided to get into this business. Well, the... The real reason I started it, and I started this back in 1997 before I soloed uh, as a private pilot. And back then, there wasn't that many options. There were one or two options on the market, and none of them felt right to me. I didn't like them. I was just working for my dad's company, and I was kind of too young and naive to realize that writing a software package was difficult and hard to do. So... I started it just to be my own database to track my own logbook, and I had no intention of selling it or letting anybody else see it. And as I started implementing it and getting it to work the way I wanted it to, I showed it to my flight instructor, who is still a uh, long-term dear friend of mine. And I showed it to him, and he goes, that's pretty good. You should polish it up and sell it. Okay, I'm young. I was 20 years old. Why not? So I polished it up and started selling it. Then I learned that it's really hard to market in the aviation uh, community, but I caught a couple good breaks. Uh, There's an online store. I don't know if it was what is now Sporties or whatever, but there was an online store that picked it up and put it in their magazine. And every time someone ordered it, I took four three-and-a-half-inch floppies, copied the installer to it, put the label on it, put in an envelope, and mailed it to whoever just ordered it. Sold about 2,500 copies of it and earned enough money that it completely paid for my private pilot's license. Wow, that's terrific. And That's awesome. What, what kind of platform was that on? That was written in Visual Basic 4 and later upgraded to Visual Basic, oh, Visual Basic 5 and then later upgraded to Visual Basic 6. Uh, used a Microsoft Access database in the back end, and it was complete, you know, Windows client uh, application. So instead of doing that for a career, you, you got into computers, and uh, not that this is computer-based, but now it, it seems like you've come full circle, and you've left this project on the shelf for a while, or it just kind of was running, and, and what's happened since? So about the time I moved to Texas, I took a break from flying and also kind of took a break from Pilot Partner. Uh, My dad's company took over the software package for a while before we just kind of killed it off and no longer sold it. Um, Then I got into computers professionally into started working at different dot-coms here in Austin, Texas and working uh, in the technology field. So about three years ago, uh, it was the first time I met Larry uh, at Camp Bacon in Oshkosh was right after I finished the new version of Pilot Partner. So I had the goal of starting Pilot Partner again, kind of using the same formula, but modern technology. So Pilot Partner is now all web-based with a companion iOS and Android app that works on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. And it's you know a cloud-based logbook solution that allows you to store everything in the cloud, maintain a personal backup on your own computer, because rightfully so, people are concerned about if I store all my data in the cloud, what happens if it goes away? So make sure we have a good backup strategy for everybody. And I just started writing it again. And I what surprised me is now that I had... 10 or 15 years of professional engineering experience at the software level, how much of the decisions I made as a 20-year-old naive kid with no formal training, I actually kept. 
the the schema, the way I laid it out, the the core concepts of Pilot Partner, what made it work, stayed the same in the new version almost twenty years later. Yeah, well, that, that's incredible. Larry, have you used this Pilot Partner? I I have, and uh, I, I've used other logbook solutions too and there are several that our listeners would be familiar with that i've used um and one of the things i like about pilot partner is the technology is really well thought out and the um the way that it records data i'm a data guy i'm an it guy so i appreciate this maybe more than most but the way that it records data is so much far superior than some of the competitors that are out there in the space. Um, you know, if you think about the differences between how I fly, Carl, when I'm towing gliders versus how you fly when you're flying airliners, um, there's a lot of different stuff there. There are a lot of different things that you care about that I don't care about, or maybe that I care about that you don't care about. And the technology underlying Pilot Partner lets us both have a logbook solution that is really solid for our own needs. Larry, that was a great summary. And I, I think one of the things I'd like to do is kind of flesh out a couple of things. You said a lot there, a couple of things there. Larry, you said that you've been through a couple of logbooks. I've been through the physical logbooks and also probably I think I'm on my fourth electronic logbook now. And uh, and I have like a couple versions of electronic logbooks where I had to turn the one, even though it's on online, I turned it into a physical logbook. But I have another electronic logbook, which I'm not totally happy with. So that becomes a challenge for for those of us that have these multiple logbooks online. And and where do we go from there? How do we move those uh, to something like this format? Yes, sir. I, I know a guy. <laughs> and 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 that that who <laughs> might be able to help me I, there. <laughs> I, I, I'm, exactly. I might have a trick or two up my sleeves for that. Um, I know this episode will come out after Oshkosh, but uh, I'm really excited Friday at Oshkosh to be presenting a forum, uh, basically on this subject of how do you get started with an electronic logbook, and it's something that. It was a, one of those features I had in the original version back in back 20 years ago that I carried over to this new version called carry-in totals. And a lot of electronic logbooks want you to make a dummy flight record that has, I don't know, 3,200 hours of total time on a dummy flight record. And that just never felt right to me. So in Pilot Partner, I allow you to create any custom total that you want. By default, we give you all the FAA standard ones that you would see in a paper logbook. But you can create something really unique if you need to in Pilot Partner. And then you can add a total to any one of those. So you can basically do the equivalent of C logbook number two, or if you're like Carl, C logbook number six. And just plug in your current total numbers that you have and start logging forward. My favorite statement to say with anybody who is not actively using an electronic logbook is when you find yourself in a hole, the first thing you do is put down the shovel. Don't worry about any of your previous flights. Just start logging your next flight electronically and that way you stop digging the hole deeper. So I bring in... Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and and that sounds great, but you know, Ken, there are some skeptics out there, and I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a second. I've I've done that before, and I was I was kind of digging that hole, stopped, and what I did is I started another logbook. I've actually lost a logbook, and this is going back in the uh, in the 80s when I was using an electronic logbook then, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. So I had to start over. And uh, one of the things that, that always worries someone like myself who has the six logbooks, I have the four physical, one electronic, another electronic, and then a new electronic, so I guess that's seven. And uh, where, how do I go about that? I mean, should I start by logging it? Uh, do I do I need to you know being the frustrated logbook person that I am do I need to have three different logbooks like Tom Frick got to actually sign my my GA logbook that I have can I just combine all them into all right, the one Tom. spot yeah <laughs> so I, absolutely so the first thing you do is 
stop digging by logging your new flights going forward. And then you can come up with a strategy that is right for you to back enter your information. You know, the first thing you need to do is check to make sure Pilot Partner is the right tool for you. As much as I love the tool and I write tools that I want to use and I share it with other people hoping they think like I do, but not everybody is like me. Um, Once you have decided that you like the tool, then come up with a strategy to get your previous flights in. And it could be as simple as each weekend I'm going to commit to enter in four or five or six pages of my logbook and then adjust your carry-in totals uh, to match where you are. And if you got a paper logbook, you just go back to the last page that you have the totals written at the bottom, enter all that information, and adjust your carry-in totals to what the totals in your paper logbook has, and everything will balance out. Uh, the other thing we have is an import routine. So if you have any of this electronically in another electronic logbook or in a spreadsheet of any format, spend time in Excel or any other spreadsheet tool like Google Sheets and get your logbook ready for an import there and then just import it in one simple step using the Pilot Partner import routine. And that is just from experience. That's a really easy thing to do. Oh, that's good to hear. You know, I, and as you can tell, I don't mean to be negative or anything, but I, I've been quite frustrated with all the different logbooks I've had. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I wish I could get it all in one spot. But I like the carry-in feature because of the fact that I did. I have put these um, most of these in physical format. I'm in an electronic now, which I don't actually like, and I'd like to move over. So let me ask you this. If I want, is there some way I can try this out, uh, the software, before I actually purchase it? Yep. Uh, Pilot Partner offers a 60-day free trial. It's a complete unlimited trial, no restrictions on any features. You get 60 days to hit every button, every screen, touch everything that you want. And after that, subscriptions start at $29.95 a year. Uh, we do two-year subscriptions for $54.95, and uh, we do offer a lifetime subscription. So pay once and um have pilot partner forever well that's awesome man i'm definitely going to try that out but you know what the problem is tom frick is gonna he he might feel a little bit offended because he's not able to sign that logbook that he's the first one to put an entry in will you tom um i don't know about offended (laughs) (laughs) well but but that does bring up a good question uh ken if I if I need an endorsement or you know I have an instructor or whatever, talk a little bit how the flights get logged when there's more than just the PIC involved. But wait, there's more. <laughs> with, with Pilot Partner, we have a full electronic signature system that works both with individual flights and with endorsements. Uh, endorsements can work one of two ways. And you can either run through our endorsement wizard, which allows the instructor to pull a template for the endorsement that you're signing, uh, review the text that's in it, even fill in the blanks that need to be filled in, and then simply sign with your finger on an iPhone or an iPad. And then that electronic signature is kept in our signature vault that meets all the FAA requirements for electronic signatures for flight qualifications and recency of flight. Uh, so, so that precludes my need to have a wet paper, you know, wet ink on paper signature. That is from correct. My uh, instructor. And if you um, want to use the actual paper logbook for your endorsement, you can then simply take a picture of that endorsement and have that included in your pilot partner logbook. Now, pilot partner will actually print your logbook in the same format that you're accustomed to as a paper logbook and will include the digital signature, the actual physical look and signature on every line item of that flight and will look just like a printed logbook with all your electronic signatures uh, included on it. And if I bring that to an FAA designated, sorry, designated examiner or an FAA examiner, you know, that counts? 
they will actually give you a hug and say thank you because they can look at it and make sense of everything that's in there and all the totals they know match up and it'll be so much easier for them. And it does meet all the requirements that the FAA uh, put out for electronic signatures uh, and electronic logbooks. That's very cool. That is cool. But, you know, Ken, going back to how you get started, I know, uh, Tom, you were waiting. You have a question as far as uh, getting started on a logbook like this. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, I mean, I've I've looked around, so I'm, I'm one of those people who does not have an electronic logbook. I'm still writing everything down. I'm on my third logbook, I think, and, you know, I have all this information, and, and I heard you talking about how to get some of that entered into a, a electronic format to be um, – imported into the program into your program and I've, I've checked into a bunch of different electronic logbooks and i just don't know where to start and one of the questions that keeps coming up for me and and it's the whole cloud idea is is the security of my information so maybe you could talk a little bit about that where is my information stored who has access to it and you know why is it um why is it secure for me to be able to use something like that Okay. That's an excellent question. And there's two security concerns that anybody using a cloud-based system needs to be concerned with. The first security concern is, is my data safe from other people? The other security concern is, will my data always be there when I need it? What happens if it goes away? And pilot at Pilot Partner, I take both of those extremely seriously. So your data is stored in a cloud-based environment. Uh, I'm Microsoft-based, so everything is stored in Microsoft Azure, and we sit behind the Microsoft firewall. And to be honest, we punt a lot of our intrusion prevention to Microsoft best practices in their cloud environment. Um, Which is really solid. Yes. It's, there's three major providers out there. You got uh, Amazon, AWS, Google uh, Cloud Compute, and Amazon Azure. I'm sorry, Microsoft Azure. And I just happen to know Azure the best. I use Google in my other job that I work right now. So I kind of know both well, and I've used Amazon at my previous company that I've worked at. So I, I know them all. And uh, to be honest, they're all top-notch uh, we're doing this podcast over Skype. We're going through Azure already. Um, almost every part of your daily life is going through one of those three cloud providers. Um, now, the next part of that security is what if the FAA has an issue with you as a pilot? Can the FAA come and ask for logbook information without uh, the pilot's consent? Uh, I have talked Bingo. to some high-level high people at the FAA, and they said they would not ever consider even going direct to the logbook manufacturer, to uh, the electronic logbook provider to do that. That's the responsibility of the pilot to produce the logbook on their side, and that's where that liability ends. Um, even if it – it would have to be a subpoena by the FAA that I would fight until the last minute before I would – give them anything. Um, and the people at the FA have told me that that's just, they get better things to do with their life than uh, go through that legal battle to get the, 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 the data that way. But the one that I think most people should be the most concerned with is what's the longevity of that data. And I have sp spoken with somebody who has lost my electronic logbook, all my data in my electronic logbook about, 10 years ago. And the ironic thing, it was my own logbook that I lost. It was a, my original version of Pilot Partner. I lost all my data. So I'm personally still using carry-in totals in my uh, current version of Pilot Partner. I've got about the last three to four years of my flight flying career in Pilot Partner, and the rest is carry-in totals. And every time I sit down to back enter my data, I just think of a new feature I want to write in Pilot Partner and get that out instead. It's just better use of my time. So you can go long term with carry-in totals. What if I want the data myself and uh, I want to keep it somewhere where it's in the cloud, uh, not just where you have it, but stored in my cloud? Yep. So the big thing about Pilot Partner is we offer a um, CSV export, which is basically a plain text version of Microsoft Excel. And you can export your data anytime you want, 
even if your subscription is expired. And that is a really important caveat. And I set out in this version of Pilot Partner to never violate that rule. This is your data, not Pilot Partners. So even if you are expired, you can log in and you can have access to two different buttons in Pilot Partner. One will download your data in CSV sheet even three years after your subscription has expired. Or you can click the button to renew your subscription, which I would prefer that you do, and all your data will <laughs> still be there. So if you're one of those pilots who takes a couple years break, don't pay me for those years. You know, It's not providing you value. When you start flying again, log back in, swipe your credit card for the $29.95, and everything will be right where you left it. That's that's pretty big, just to having been someone that has gone through that process. And there's other other uh, people out there that do the logbooks that uh, will charge you quite a bit for you to, to retrieve some of that data, especially if it's more than a few years old. So hats off to you on that one. Uh, um, storage is cheap. That's a very and, honorable thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I set out with Pilot Partner to always take the high road. And um, I, I honestly, I, I quickly learned that Doing a business tailored towards general aviation is not the best recipe to get rich quick. (laughs) um, So that's why I still have a day job working um, in the technology. And Pilot Partner is my passion that I do on the outside. And I I really – the way life is going right now, I see Pilot Partner being full-time in the next two to three years um, because things are really starting to catch on and do really well. And if I can do well at the startup that I'm currently at and uh, cash out in that pretty well, it's going to set myself up for a great, uh, what I call a lifestyle business. Uh, it'll never be, be more than three or four employees, and um, I, I, I see Pilot Partner going that direction. Awesome. I hope it, I hope that happens. Uh, Victoria, you had a question. Yes, um, actually, uh, two questions about the um, Pilot Partner logbook, and then about you have more than just Pilot Partner um, as an electronic logbook. Um, first, uh, you said it kind of um, you can download it into an Excel spreadsheet. Does the actual program have capability, kind of like Excel, that filters? Can you filter by aircraft? Um, and by other search functions, if you're looking for a past flight and trying to find the date or, um, you know, the airport you flew to. Yes. Pilot partner has a great filter system. Um, it's the one thing I haven't fully carried over from the original pilot partner. I had this really fantastic, um, I call it the Burger King style filter and you have it your way. Uh, (laughs) Right now, our filter system is uh, very effective in what it does, but I'm, I'm looking forward to advancing that to the next level to really um, find that specific flight that you remember nothing about. That's great. Uh, yeah, I would love to filter it by passenger, too, to be able to see, like, how many times did Turbo fly with me? <laughs> yes. The other thing we do is, uh, you know, you can log who, who your instructor was or you can log your passengers You could even set up a custom currency to make sure that Turbo never goes 90 days without flying. And you can track that as a custom currency, just as you would your uh, VFR passenger currency. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, Speaking of instructors, you have a CFI dashboard? Yes. CFI dashboard is, I think, one of the more underutilized tools right now in Pilot Partner. And after I got Pilot Partner up, I thought to myself, this is a crowded space with lots of other competitors, what can I do that really leverages the fact that we're on the cloud? And the CFI dashboard was born. The CFI dashboard allows the student to connect their logbook with their instructor's logbook. And it can completely change the way an instructor manages their student through a training program. Uh, It allows the student to actually log the flight immediately after flight on their own iPhone. Uh, I found when I did my first solo, uh, because my instructor logged all my flights for for me up to that point. I did my first solo. I was excited. I did all that fun stuff. Then I handed him my logbook to log in. He's like, no, 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 you log it. I'm like, but you didn't teach me anything about this. So I I see the benefit and instructors changing the way they do that and have the student log their very first flight 
under the supervision of their instructor on their own iPhone. And then if you're a busy instructor, you say you have four or five students who all flew that day. You go home, you sit down in the air conditioner in front of your computer, and the CFI dashboard will list out all four of those flights for you to review, provide a detailed remark to them about all the details that they did and what they can improve on and something that's actually meaningful when you look back at it, and electronically sign it remotely, which will trigger an email to the student with those comments. And now not only does the comment go to the student for them to review, but the instructor has full access to all those comments instead of all that information walking home with the student. So that CFI dashboard, if you're somebody who's who's like a part-time CFI, that would also be something that maybe they would want to use. Say they have a job, you know, flying corporate, and then they have the CFI dashboard also. Would that be integrated? The CFI dashboard would be a perfect tool for that kind of person because it's all integrated. They can have a dashboard showing them all their active students, where they currently are. We even have a tool called the Aviation Training Dashboard, which will take the ACS, uh, whether it's the ACS private uh, course or the ACS instrument course, and turn it into what's called a Kanban board. So it takes every skill that's in that course and puts it in a column called Not Introduced. And then you drag that skill to the Introduced column, the Progressing column, and the Ready for Checkride column. When you get all of those cards pushed over to ready for checkride, the student is ready for their checkride. And this is a tool that both the student and the instructor can monitor and use to plan a more efficient trip through the training process. That is very cool. Yeah, that, that is awesome. How about the independent flight instructor who works at five different flight schools and uh, you know, you go and you meet somebody at, say, Peter O'Knight. Then you go over to uh, PIE, to St. Pete, and then you go to Lakeland. And all three of them say, well, just bill me later. Um, and how do you have a, an ability to track that or maybe integrate that somehow with a PayPal or something? So we've introduced something called CFI Pay. And CFI Pay is integrated credit card processing so that in addition to when you sign the flight, you can check a box to say, I also want to invoice the student, and it will send them an electronic invoice, allow the student to pay for it with credit card. We use a credit card processing system called Stripe, which the instructor will sign up for a free Stripe account that won't cost them any money to have. And it, when the student pays, they will get their money in their bank account in two business days. And there's just a small transaction fee that's kind of standard with all credit card processors to, uh, to do that. So the only time you're paying is when the student's paying you and you get all the other profits. And that Stripe, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, haven't heard of it. It's actually what we use here at Valeria Aviation, but it's a great system. It's secure, easy to use, and integrates really well, I find. Yes, and Stripe is the leader in uh, credit card processing on the web. Um, they kind of go toe-to-toe with PayPal, and I really think they do a much better job than PayPal. Um, the way that they I integrate with them ensures the top level of security for all the credit card information, and it lets their team of network security engineers do what they do best to protect everything. So we have CFIs. We can log it as a pilot. Um, how about if I have an airplane and I want to if track you, things? If you have an airplane, we have a tool called the uh, Airplane Maintenance Tracker. And this aircraft maintenance tracker, most airplane owners have an Excel spreadsheet that will list out all the inspections and when things are due. And some people who are a little bit of an overachiever will even color code things in their Excel spreadsheet. But all those Excel spreadsheets have one thing in common. Give it a couple months and it is outdated and stale because it is one more thing the owner has to do. So Pilot Partner has a wizard that you walk through and plug in all the information and it does everything that Excel spreadsheet does and more. And now it's real simple when you're in your cockpit, when you shut down the engine, read the tack time, open up your iPhone, 
type in the tack meter and it will automatically remind you of if your oil change is due or if the annual's coming soon or if you have a hundred hour that's about to expire. Uh, tracks your you can track anything you want, but by default we look at uh, TBO of your engine, your propeller, track your magnetos, uh, how long you have on each cylinder. Uh, I do that because I fly a Bonanza and cylinders hard, uh, rarely make it to TBO. So I like to know which ones are newer than others. And it just takes all the guesswork out of that and color codes everything green, yellow, or red to let you know where where you stand. Wow, that's pretty cool. And, and the and what it's nice, too, it all looks the same as the other logbooks. And, you know, sometimes when you jump over to, like, the CFI, to the maintenance, to actual logging time, uh, sometimes you don't think you're in the same software. But I like how you've – it's all congruent. It's it's really good. I, I like the way you did that. Plus uh, – and by the way, it looks good in general. I, I like, I like the way it looks. Yeah, yeah, it looks sharp. Love the colors, et cetera. Also, as far as integrating with maintenance, uh, I know – and I, ha- I don't know I have a lot of experience here, so you can help me out a little bit. I know that some of the simulators, like, say, I think Redbird uh, and some others allow you to integrate with logbooks and, and things like that and have electronic records. Is there any type of, uh, I don't know, integration into this logbook? So currently I haven't integrated with uh, Redbird or um, some of the other simulators out there. I did talk to them last year at Oshkosh, and I, I know Redbird pretty well. They, they're actually based out of my hometown, Austin, Texas, and I know some of the guys there. Almost I uh, got a job offer with them, but I, I, I turned it down at one point. Um, great company. But the one thing that we do do well is actually track instrument currency using the full FAA rules on currency with simulators, with the aviation training devices. Um, I have yet to find another logbook that has advertised it um, as them as they calculate it correctly. So whether you do your six instrument approaches in an aircraft under simulated or actual instrument conditions, or you do all six in a approved uh, basic or advanced training device, Pilot Partner will calculate your currency date correctly. Because you got to be careful. There's Three options on how you can calculate your currency. Two of them gives you six months. One of them gives you two months. And Pilot Partner will automatically roll to the one that is the most, that you qualify, that gives you the longest currency time. Interesting. Well, and, and with that instrument time, how about people that have to keep multiple currencies over different categories, classes, et cetera? Say you're flying for the airlines, you're flying also uh, in a single engine, and you also fly a glider. How do you, how do you track all that? Is that? Do you have ability to do that too? When you sign up for Pilot Partner, you have a small questionnaire you ask that asks what kind of flying that you do. You check off the things that you do, and it sets up your default flight totals and flight currencies. Now, everything in Pilot Partner is custom. So your currencies and your totals are custom for you, and we just give you a good starting place based upon the questions that you enter. But if you have a type rating that you need to maintain uh, currency in, you can use our currency wizard to set up a currency specific for that type. And you can get really crazy with the currencies and flight totals to say, uh, like the example I said earlier, I want a currency based upon a passenger. I want a currency based upon a custom field that I've added to Pilot Partner. And you can set up some random, really strange currencies um, the, the one thing that I like to do, and I haven't fully implemented this the way I want to yet, but I want to automatically track as a currency how many hours I have on my batteries and my A&R headset <laughs> so I know when to replace them. That's interesting. That that'd be kind of cool. And and since you can do that, let me ask you this. Uh, there's, I'd love to suggest this to some of my friends that fly GA and also fly, say, for the airlines. And uh, and most guys that are into airlines, a lot of them are still into GA. How uh, how could I actually integrate this logbook with work? And one of the the, the re, I'm saying that rhetorically. Uh, one of the things that people come up with is, hey, can I track FAR one seventeen hours? Can I track my currency? for the type, et cetera, and I don't see that anywhere in here, but is that something you're thinking about in the future is 117 time and tracking that? 
That is definitely something I'm thinking about. Um, my rule with Pilot Partner is I build a tool that I want to use and that I'm a subject matter expert on. And I found that every time I try to step outside of what I know directly and that applies to me, I don't do as good of a job with it. So I am working with a couple of my friends who just got hired by the regional airlines who have been big pilot partner supporters. Uh, they were um, part of the share aviation crew that uh, kind of had some good popularity recently. And I'm going to follow them through their career and as and use them as subject matter experts to help me build those tools correctly. And um, Or, I don't know, I might have to go off and join the issues at some point myself so get that experience. Well, the, and you know, that's kind of a good segue, that, that airplane noise that came through here. That was awesome, Larry. Uh, but, <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> yeah, we are in Oshkosh. What can I say? <laughs> that, is, that is too cool. But, you know, that, and getting back to that, that's great to hear that you're thinking of doing that because uh, one of the things that people don't realize is that the FAR-117 is incredibly nuanced and uh, it changes every single flight. You can, uh, and it really, uh, most guys that work at the airlines are like, gosh, I, I don't know how to track it. Thank God we have a computer behind it. But if you had something like this kind of a tool to, to track it also, it would be wonderful. But there's a lot of, uh, a lot of rules involved, just like any currency. And uh, God, I'd love to, to help out with that because I, th- I really think this, is, this would look really sharp on, on people's iPhones, et cetera. And because uh, we all go to multiple, I, I use like three different tools to make sure that I'm not doing anything illegal as far as a 117 is concerned. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to talk more about that in the future. Another one more item. I know we may run a little long because this is some really good information here. Uh, is the person that has the online logbook, say with uh, some of the larger companies, say Flicka, Saber, you know those type of things. I'm not sure if yep. you worked. Okay, so if somebody has one of those and wants to download that, I, I, it it can't be that tough. I know that you can do comma separated files, etc. Um, have you had anybody with that experience who's who's wanted to download a few years of data from, say, Saber? No, um, I have worked with a couple people who've done imports. Our import is completely self-sufficient. So I've had customers run imports from sources that I don't even know about because the the wizard walks you through it. Um, But it is perfectly reasonable to download from any format that supports CSV, which I'm sure Sabre and Flicka do, and run that import. It can be an additive import, so you can... I don't know, run it once a month, once a quarter, at whatever cycle you want to just add your flights in so you can maintain that record. Uh, and I'm one of the things I'm really excited about working with some of my friends who just got hired who um, are all under the, the Sabre uh, side of it. Um, how can I make that import even easier and more automatic? Like there's another competitor on the market who I really don't treat as a competitor because – they go after more the, the the corporate pilot and the professional pilot, uh, but they do have some automatic import stuff. And if I can bridge that gap, I think that I can change that landscape a little bit and truly be uh, competitive with them. Yeah, some of those uh, other uh, the other competitors that have some import capabilities, uh, they, they can be clunky at times, also. Uh, so. Yeah. So it really, you know, looking at what you've done here, I have uh, I have some confidence that you will be able to do that a little bit better than than those folks have. Uh, so I don't want to make any enemies out there, so I'm not mentioning names. But uh, no. you know, I have I, I honestly, when I import my data, it's kind of a pain in the butt, and I have to really pay attention yeah. uh, when I do it. So it doesn't, you know, it's not done improperly. Uh, so that that's really good to hear. So you're actually in Austin. If someone wants to come out and say visit, is there is there a pilot partner headquarters or where we can get a cup of coffee? Uh, pilot, I pretty much use the uh, hangar for our Bonanza as our uh, <laughs> main headquarters. Uh, the all, all the magic happens in uh, my home office. But um, anybody who's in the Austin, Texas area, there's some great barbecue that's really easy to fly to. There's great barbecue in Austin. Um, So feel free to reach out. You can find all of our contact information on pilotpartner.net. And, um, you know, we'd love to have, um, you know, to say hi to anybody. One of the great things that I found with Pilot Partner is more often than not, I get a 
email uh, asking for support on Pilot Partner, and it ends as having a new lifelong friend. I've made several friends by answering support tickets. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And I tell you, one of the things that's neat about Pilot Partner is, just like anything else in aviation, it's nice to deal with people that are actually pilots. Like when you buy your your insurance or when you buy an airplane, et cetera, you're not dealing with somebody who's in the insurance business and has never seen an airplane. You're dealing with someone who actually has experience in that business. And same thing with Pilot Partner. Actually, it's it's not just uh, a data-driven. It's it's uh, somebody who actually has a passion for aviation. That's that's one of the reasons I like to, to support you folks. I think it's it's really important and key to have somebody that has that background and really cares about us. Yep. And that's one quick segue, um, something I think Victoria would be specifically interested in. Electronic logbooks are fantastic for insurance companies. So every year the pilot has to fill out a questionnaire on recent flight experience. And most pilots, to be honest, they don't lie, but they sure do get creative on those forms. <laughs> That is true. (laughs) I I was just asked by my insurance company to fill one out. And my experience was, and I actually developed this tool with my insurance agent. I log into Pilot Partner, run the insurance report, click save as PDF, and I email it to them. It includes every category breakdown, last 12 months, last uh, 90 days, total time, when my last flight review was, what plane it was in, who the instructor was, and when, you know, the status of my medical certificate. All that's included in one PDF that just click a button and email it to the uh, insurance company. That really saves us a lot of time, too, because we ask for stuff. But often, you know, people are rushing. They want to send out the email real quick. They want to get it done and over with, and they miss things. So I have to go back. Well, what's your retract time? You're flying this retract aircraft. You know, you didn't give me your retract time. Stuff like that. If you just do a quick download, I have everything. I don't have to ask any questions. So, yeah, that would be amazing. The only problem you'll have is you'll get more than you asked for. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather have more than less, so I'll take it. And and as a pilot, it makes it easier than anything anyone would ask for. That's for sure. And it it, it just really is one of my favorite features because I go in and look at the report, and it it cross-references some primary categories. Like I found out after I developed that feature that I had zero landings with a CFI in the last 12 months. And I started thinking, it's like, am I doing the, the best job I can to truly stay proficient, not just current, but proficient? If I hadn't landed an airplane without a CFI, this was right before my flight review was due, in the last 12 months. So I kind of accelerated when my uh, flight review was going to get done just so I could get in an airplane with an instructor and have someone look at my landings. You know, Ken, that's cool. That is awesome, and I and I tell you what, one of the other things too, if you're thinking about a career in aviation, it's good to have a really clean logbook. I uh, spend a lot of time looking at people's logbooks, and like you said, some people get really creative with their time, and uh, to have a clean logbook that everything makes sense in, you know, in other words, everything is is logged properly, and we haven't pencil whipped anything is really, really important. So uh, I think this would be a great tool for those that are career-minded too, you know, flight instructors, et cetera. And that's one thing that I like about having the electronic logbook. It's a little bit tougher to fudge. Uh, it can be done, but uh, it's, uh, and people ask, well, do they like electronic logbooks? Yes, we do. We love seeing electronic logbooks. Yes. Um, but uh, Ken, you know, if you're, you said you're in the Austin area, hopefully when I'm in Georgetown, I'll come visit. Uh, and up there at, uh, with, there's a little squadron, the devil dog squadron that's up there at Georgetown airport. I'm sure it's not far from where you are and, uh, we can come visit sometime and anybody who's in the Austin area, please go, go visit Kenneth, uh, pilot partner. And you're going to hear this after we have air adventure and, uh, up in Oshkosh. And I know, uh, you guys are going to have, have had a wonderful time after <laughs> when this comes out, we're also going to have another interview with Ken, hopefully at air adventure and talk a, a little bit there. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think is, is really neat is the fact that we all can get together at these wonderful events, whether it's pilot partner and, or any of these other venues, uh, and all these manufacturers. And it's really cool to watch and see what they've come out with some really cool, cool 
medical technologies. And what's neat is that I don't know about you, Ken, but I get a lot of ideas for for my business and for my aviation business uh, from those big shows. Like, hey, that's pretty cool. Maybe I can integrate that in a different fashion in what I have. Absolutely. I go vendor to vendor, and there's a handful of vendors that – I talk to every show and we talk about different ways to integrate. Uh, my, 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 the thing that I'm trying to bring is true automatic login that automatically detects start time, end time, seamless to the user. And I've got a few vendors that we keep talking about how to make this work in a way that's reliable. So that's kind of been my mission every every show. Cool. Besides, the best part of Oshkosh is I get to camp and uh, hang out with my good friend Larry Overstreet. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> hey, Ken, you, you want to talk about Pilot Partner at Oshkosh? <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> let's, let's do an interview. <laughs> That was a bit of a setup there for you guys, and I, I hopefully will make it to Oshkosh and, and actually get to meet you there. Uh, unfortunately, we moved all of our everything to, to Lakeland, and uh, it took a lot longer process. I mean, we when we it took us long. The, no, 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 that no, didn't no. come out right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, when we moved, yeah, when we moved to Lakeland, it took longer than I expected. Is what I was trying to say, but it didn't come out right. But we and we are so very excited many of to be us here. Are so jealous. Oh gosh, you know, I wish I was in Oshkosh right now. It's uh, it's kind of quiet here. Every so often, I hear yeah, an well, airplane going. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it, and this time of the year, it's better to be up there. It's a little bit warm here. Uh, so, and it rains every single day, big thunder bumpers, bumpers, but, uh, it's, uh, it's neat. Oh, to, I love those. Yeah, they are cool looking. Actually, it is pretty to watch. Uh, but, uh, I would love to see some of the old warbirds and stuff like that and be there with you guys. And I'm hoping to make it up there. If I can catch a flight, probably only be there for a day or so, but I will make the rounds. I mean, you can do, you can do Oshkosh in a day. Can't you, Larry? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> you can do the front gate in a day. <laughs> it, it, could, it could take many years, but... We will take a day if you have a day. Yes, that's cool. I will I will try to do that. And uh, before we go and close out here, by the way, Larry, you had a few shout-outs that we didn't get to in the beginning of the show, so we better get to those before we say goodbye to Ken here. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So a couple, a couple of shout-outs uh, to our friend Jamie Beckett, who is from Winter Haven, Florida, and works for AOPA and drives uh, all kinds of great uh, GA aviation goodness every single day he spends his life doing that stuff he says logbooks what are these log logbooks you think of so we there are, need to catch up with him that was on twitter tonight there are different logbook strategies that i've seen and that's the least recommended one <laughs> <laughs> sorry jamie anyway okay others um, shout out to NBAA, uh, National Business Aviation Association. Um, they are coming out strongly against the uh, HR twenty nine ninety seven bill uh, for a, uh, for air traffic control uh, privatization, um, and they have set up a uh, telephone number that you can call. And I've done this. Uh, it's eight five five. Two six five nine zero zero two. You put in your zip code, and it connects you in turn with each one of your senators and your representative, and you can verbally tell them your opinion on uh, ATC privatization. Um, in my experience, I talked to two real people and one answering machine, um, but it was worth going through the exercise for me. So hats off to NBAA. Um, and then also, separately, uh, a really different inspirational thing. First Global. Um, First Global is part of First Robotics, which some of you may be familiar with, uh, including Lego League and others, you know, other uh, First activities that uh, focus on science, technology, in uh, uh, in STEM. Dean Kamen is the inventor of the Segway, and he's kind of the, the guy behind all this. And um, several of my kids have gone through robotics or whatever. So I am actually rooting for, in First Global, 
which is a global uh, representation of this, the Vanuatu team, because my son's girlfriend spent a couple of years in Vanuatu, which is an island somewhere in the vicinity of uh, Australia and Indonesia and uh, that area. And um, they're coming to D.C. to compete. And so hats off to Dean Kamen and First Global. And um, I wish every single team who's competing well. And that's it for me. Well, thanks, Larry. I appreciate those uh, the shout outs there. That's quite a few. And uh, the uh, it's interesting uh, what you mentioned about the new HR bill. And uh, just uh, take a look at that and vote your conscience on that one. Uh, and I think it's a it's an important one too to look at. Uh, but uh, and I think that's all we have. Uh, just uh, real quickly too. Don't forget uh, we're starting to use our Facebook page again, and we're going to start having a cu- couple of meetups. So uh, facebook.com slash stuckmygavcast go check us out on there well ken hey thanks so much for coming here ken we really enjoyed talking to you and love to have you back again because there's so many more questions i'm sure we'll come up with yeah absolutely thank you for the invite it was a pleasure and really hope we get to see you for at least a couple hours at oshkosh this year yeah oshkosh in a day yeah oshkosh in a day (laughs) and anytime want to come back we can uh talk more about general aviation than uh log books i got plenty i think we can Oh Have yeah, a lot of fun with. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. Maybe we'll do an in-person interview there uh, besides Oshkosh, but also over there in Austin where I like to travel to. Uh, but uh, really appreciate you here. The the best place to find Ken, well, it's pilotpartner.net. That's where you can find it. Uh, has some really cool uh, info on there. Great videos, by the way, on YouTube and uh, instructional videos. As a matter of fact, if, you, if you're wondering about signing up for Pilot Partner, make sure you go out and check out the YouTube videos. The instructional videos are so good, you're going to wind up wanting to buy it uh, by the end of the videos, or at least to sign up for the 60-day trial. So really good stuff, pilotpartner.net. Yep. It's uh, made for pilots by a pilot uh, who's definitely passionate about aviation, just as we are passionate about aviation. So Ken, uh, appreciate it. And also from myself, from uh, Victoria and from Larry and uh, of course Tom Frick there and in, uh, in St. Petersburg we really appreciate your listening and uh, we'll talk to you next episode safe flying of course and we'll see you after Oshkosh a special thanks to our sponsor of this episode Jeff Kennan author of the day I learned to fly if you want to ignite in your small child or rekindle the first time you fell in love with flying purchase your copy today of the day I learned to fly by Jeff Kennan speaker author, and pilot. Links to his book can be found in the show notes or visit stuckmikeavcast.com slash You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Avcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.